0: Hello and welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast. On this episode, I'm joined by Chief Sports Writer Lee Ryder, and we discuss a busy 48 hours covering Newcastle United. There's takeovers, as legal letters, as angry agents, and even angrier managers. All that to come on the Everything Is Black and White podcast. Hello, welcome to Chronicle Live over on Facebook and Twitter, joined by Lee Ryder, our chief sports writer, who's in the press conference today with Steve Bruce. But before we get on to the press conference, which was an eventful one in its own right, it's been a busy 48 hours for Newcastle Night. I seem to say that a lot over recent weeks, but um, the last 40 hours in particular have been very interesting. And of course, we are here to talk about the attempted Newcastle United takeover and that statement from the club, which I'll put on the screen for those who haven't seen it, it's a bit smaller. But the point is is that the club confirmed um, it started arbitration against the Premier League in their dispute over the, the failed takeover. Not a lengthy statement, but one that I don't know, did we expect it, Lee? What, what's your take on what the club have said there in that statement?
1: Well, I think probably we did expect it because Mike Ashley, if you remember, um, before the season started, came up to Newcastle, went for a meal with the players um, before they even sat down and had the orders taken. Mike Ashley had released a statement saying that he was angry with the Premier League and he was taking the legal advice available to him. So the fact that he's actually backed up what he said um, is probably not a surprise, I think, the club seem to be rattled by um, leaks from the Premier League's lawyers, uh, who've obviously had some communication with the fan group. Um, that that all seems very messy. Uh, almost seems like the fan group are being told they have to wait their turn while the Premier League deal with Newcastle. It's it's all very uh, complex and confusing um, for the layman, I guess. Um, lots of sort of legal experts. Having their say on it, but ultimately, this could drag on. I mean, I've seen different things, saying it could be sorted before Christmas. Well, that that would be nice if it was, uh, but the reality is that things in court, especially when they're being opposed, usually take a lot longer than that. So we'll have to wait and see.
0: The Saudi side of the, the takeover—they seem like they're still willing. That was always the worry that as it dragged on, you know, you've mentioned it a lot of times. If their interests would kind of disappear the longer they had to wait. Um, but you, you understand that they're still quite keen to to take over Newcastle and they're just gonna wait on the outcome of this um legal action?
1: Well, that's that's the word, obviously, f- from their side of it, but the thing that you've got to keep going back to and you've just gotta kinda of try and manage your own expectations of it as a supporter, that they were the ones who pulled out. They they didn't they were asked to put um, the name of who's who's going to be in charge of Newcastle on the forms. They didn't do that. Instead, they pulled out. So that you know makes you wonder, you know, what happens when they return to the table and if they get asked the same question again. And the Premier League have an opportunity to reject them because they don't like what they're going to put on the form. Then that that is a worry. So it's it's good to know they're still interested, but obviously uh, they still have to pass the test somehow and. Yeah, it's we all get we all delving really into the, the sort of legal side of it, and unfortunately, we don't um, we don't know everything that got said behind the scenes. Uh, we only have a small portion of it, and uh, until you know, one thing from this whole legal thing is, is that you know the truth eventually will be there for everyone to to have a look at, um, and you know, we'll be able to report it and we'll know exactly what's gone wrong. That's whether the takeover goes through or not. There will have to be an outcome of this and people will get a chance to see what went wrong, where it went wrong and why it went wrong, which are all the important questions.
0: Now, the club said in their statement they wouldn't go into detail about what the arbitration consists of. What do you think Mike Ashley's trying to achieve here? Because is it that he thinks that he wins this case and the takeover is going to go through or at least we will get back to the table or is it something else to bit? What, what do you think the end goal is for Mike Ashley um, with this legal proceeding?
1: Potentially him trying to prove that it wasn't his fault, that you know it, it fell through. And I think people can see that it, it probably wasn't his fault on this occasion. Um, and I think he's just trying to sort of clear himself a little bit. Uh, I think really, what can you expect from it? Is it going to be as simple as the whole thing gets reversed, the takeover goes through, and the the would-be owners get the keys? That just seems a bit too good to be true. So we'll have to wait and see. But it's uh, it, it just drags the whole sort of misery for the supporters on to another chapter, and uh, it's it's not great.
0: Alright, So it seems like it probably will go on a little while. Um, the other big talking point was Miguel Almea, but just before we get on to him. Um, new state of the, the Belgraf nora group, the infamous Belgraf nora group, and things don't appear to be going too well for them, um, according to reports. You know, there's there's a split in the camp. I mean, that was a, a farcical takeover story right from the beginning. There was lots of scepticism over it, and it looks like that scepticism's uh, been proved true.
1: Yeah, it's certainly unfolded, and no, we haven't heard from anybody since... Um, you know that that story this morning uh, from Singapore, and yeah, I mean, what what more can you say about that? I think everyone can see that it's you know a complete mess. I mean, I think he, I think one of the, the potential directors even said there's a terrible mess here. Uh, he was quoted in saying that, and the two family members falling out with each other, just not great.
0: Not at all, and it seems like there is only one potential takeover that we'll be concentrating on, that is the, the Saudi-led one. Um, we'll talk about Miguel Almiron now, and it, this was a big talking point in today's press conference with Steve Bruce. For those who haven't been following the story, uh, Miguel Almiron's agent came out here this week and said basically that Almiron was ready to leave in January. He would have gone earlier if it wasn't for the COVID pandemic. Um, talks of Atletico Madrid, talks of Inter Milan. Steve Bruce was asked about... Those comments today, um, and you know he didn't hold back. to he? In, in what he said, I have got the, uh, the the clip here somewhere. I've totally lost where it is. Um, here we go. So I've got the clip of what did Bruce said when asked about Miguel Muon's agent and the comments he made earlier this week.
1: Well, I, I couldn't miss them because they were that outrageous. It was bordering on ridiculous, and probably again a two bob agent who's so amateurish. Why would you put your client in that situation If it was Miguel Almiron who I've had the pleasure to work with for the last 15 months coming in knocking on me door and having a problem then I'd listen an agent uh, two years in is probably then trying to profit again on taking them somewhere else is just hugely disrespectful to 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 all of us basically and to, and to the club in particular who've served Miguel so well he's a great pro a great kid the lad but Obviously, his agent leaves a lot to be desired.
0: Well, there you have it. When uh, when he was asked that question, were you expecting such a feisty reaction? I
1: don't think anyone was expecting it as feisty as that. Uh, but what it did do was it, it just swept up. There was one word that wasn't mentioned in that whole press conference. Southampton. There was no mention of the performance, the tactics or anything. It was all about Almiron and the agent quotes and to be fair if steve bruce has been a sort of master of of anything it's it's moving the moving the agenda on and he's certainly you know moved on from there because rem- let's not forget how bad that performance was at southampton and even for newcastle to 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 put the efforts up 25% would be huge uh, compared to that so yeah that's that. That's what stood out for me afterwards. But yeah, they they are explosive quotes. Great from a media point of view. Great to see the player being supported by the manager. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think to be honest, it, it's been a bit of a a drama right from the beginning with Almiron. I mean, there's a common misconception out there that um, when the Almiron deal was going on, that you know some of the reporters said that the deal was off. In actual fact, Newcastle thought they had a deal and then the next thing, Almiron was on a plane to Italy to talk to, I think it was was Napoli um, and somebody else, I can't remember the other Italian team, but definitely Napoli being one of them, went over there and basically the agent, I think, touted Almiron, uh, talked of a contract over there, uh, didn't get what he wanted and then came back to Newcastle and the deal... Know began to go through, and that's what we've got to remember here that the agent will always be looking out for the player and also looking out for themselves because they make a lot of money off that deal and they could make a lot of money on on his next deal. So it's uh, no surprise to me that you know we've seen those quotes in the week uh, early on, and who knows, maybe they've tried to sit down and have a talk about an improved contract. I mean, there's a lot of Almirón fans out there, but based on what you've seen so far, would you would you give him a new pay rise after what was it five goals, Premier League goals um, in in nearly fifty fifty appearances? I'm not I'm not sure you would. Um, yes, he's a very popular player and he's done very well, but I think there's a lot of room for improvement, and he's still got a long time on his contract to do it. So I think he needs to knuckle down and, and get on the pitch and. Uh, show people what he can do.
0: How do you think Amirond's going to react to what's happened this week? I mean, obviously, you'll probably see the comments from Bruce to Dane. Um, do you think it'll bring a positive reaction to Amirond and we might see his form improve? I mean, because as much as Steve Bruce can complain about the comments from the agent and they're, I think, justified, many people would say, there is still that dilemma of him being played in a role which makes him ineffective. So the comments about him maybe not being happy about where he's playing, there might be an element of truth to that because we've all said it, he's not a defensive midfielder. So there's still that element of sort. So how do you think he's going to react to, to, I guess, to the whole week and especially Bruce's comments?
1: Well, it's it's going to be an interesting one to see that team sheet tomorrow morning because it's been some week for Almiron. Um, Let's be totally honest, he probably should have come home on Monday there was no need really for him to, to hang around the squad. There was no need for him to sit and watch the game. Okay, maybe he was getting a few more extra days at home, but he couldn't play in the game. And Newcastle United's need was greater to have him back and get him prepared for that game. And hopefully hopefully this is an episode he can put behind him, but you know, got back at eleven o'clock Thursday night. Um We'll have one training session. You know, he will be whatever you say. Doesn't matter how fit you are. Traveling like that, it fatigues you. So, you know, it's going to be a difficult one. We'll have to wait and see whether Carl Wilson gets past fit uh, first and foremost, and then we'll we'll see where Almiron sort of fits in around there. But you know, he needs to be focused if he's going to be playing defensive midfield against Chelsea. Um, he's going to have to be focused and if he's tired and emotionally he's not right then um, it's going to be one for Steve Bruce has to weigh up remember he's got Isaac Hayden back who's prepared all week um, he's got Sean Longstaff he's got Marty Longstaff there's three players who you could argue are already in a better emotional position to play in this game than Almiron is at the moment um, we'll have to wait and see but if he gets pushed up the pitch if ever a man needed a goal it's Almiron and hopefully uh, hopefully that that day comes
0: you mentioned Callum Wilson there Steve Bruce said he has a chance if there's any risk whatsoever then he won't play but he's trained the last few days and was very comfortable yesterday he wants to play I mean you need him there's no doubt about it but Steve Bruce makes an important point there I mean any any risk of you know him getting injured because he plays a part against Chelsea, it's just not worth it, is it? Because given the running fixtures coming up to the turn of the year, you know, let him miss one game, and and then you'll be alright for the rest of the for the rest of the year twenty twenty. Um, what do you think? Do you think he you'll play against Chelsea tomorrow?
1: I mean, Karen Wilson's an experienced enough player to know his own body. Um, so if he if he feels fit and they're satisfied. He's okay. Then no problem. He plays. If there's any slight doubt in the mind of Wilson or any of the, the physios, then you know it is common sense to rest them. As as much of a blow that will be tomorrow, you you do not want go particularly. You know, going into December now, we all know what a crazy month December is. Newcastle ended up with ten men on the field last season with taking players off with. Uh, tissue injuries. So they cannot afford to lose their top man for six or seven weeks uh, with a hamstring injury. The, there is players that can come in and play instead, but there's not one sort of natural born finisher like Wilson who can just get right in the six yard box and, and make the most of it, even a half chance. So it's got to be safety first with Wilson. Some
0: good news though on Matt Ritchie and, and John Joe Shelby. I mean, Tomorrow comes too early for them, but they will be uh, featured against Crystal Palace. Or as Steve Bruce seemed to say he was. They were kind of. they will be available next week if everything goes well. So that's brilliant news to have two really strong characters back and just training as well and training and being in, in amongst all that. Um, let alone being on uh, the squad list. Mm-hmm. But good news looking ahead to to the Palace game next week next weekend.
1: Yeah, I would say so. I think especially. You know, Matt Ritchie gets everybody fired up. Um, where wherever he goes, he's uh, whether he's whether he's talking to the media or you know having a conversation in training, just gets everyone fired up. And um, Newcastle probably they needed that against um, Southampton. Yes, you did have people like Carl dolo telling people to to wake up, uh, but you know, Matt Ritchie's a little bit. He's more intense. He'll, he'll he'll get right in your face and let you know what he thinks. And probably um, some of the Newcastle players needed that at Southampton. And um, we'll be interesting to see where he, where he fits in. But certainly if, if Steve Bruce is going to go into this one and let's be honest, park the bus, um, he's going to need someone to, to keep the, that communication going around. We'll have to wait and see if it's too early uh, or not. But at the moment, I think Newcastle we need Matt Ritchie in there somewhere where that is is, uh, is down the manager How was Steve Bruce
0: in general the press comments obviously a feisty reaction to the Almiron quotes but um, as a whole what was his mood like was he in, in good form
1: I, I don't know. I wouldn't say he was in good form as in laughing and joking I would say you know he was straight to the point he's always uh, polite but he, what he's got about him is he's got an edge to him and I find it funny uh, some of the remarks from people saying that you know Steve Bruce doesn't get a a, a tough time in the press conference from journalists because people do ask him the the tough questions and as I say he's got that edge so he will he will um, come back at anybody um, with with strong responses to to whatever the questions are there's a lot of good probably because we haven't had a press conference for a couple of weeks It was probably an interesting one Overall, but um, look, at the end of the day, he knows better than anybody. It's what what mood is he going to be in in his press conference after the game um, tomorrow afternoon. And, you know, if he's smiling and Newcastle have done well, then he can look at the league table and say, say what you want about me. This is what we've got after this many games. And um, I'm happy.
0: Of course, the last time Chelsea at St James Park, Hayden scored with a a late winner, which I think is up there with one of the best moments of recent times at St. James, James' Park, just the euphoria that came with that goal. Uh, he was certainly, Steve Bruce, happy after that result. Um, on Hayden, we've mentioned him there. He's, he's raring to go. Does he start for you? Does Hendrick come out? Is it the long stop with us to start in the middle? Who, who would be your, would it be a midfield trio? What would you do with that midfield? Because it was certainly lacking against Southampton.
1: Well, I think I touched on it last time. For me, you probably took the Longstack brothers in. Um, whether Jeff Hendrick comes out, I don't know. That's uh, that's the manager's decision. He's played. He's been kept faith with him all season so far. He got sent off the other week. It's uh, it's an interesting one, but certainly, you know, he he came here to play in the middle of midfield. Didn't come here to play out wide. So let's hope that uh, let's hope see Bruce. You know, get picks the right team. For me, there, there is in England that Hayden could be involved. The club put him up for internal media this week. He had his say on the Southampton game, even though he didn't play. So there were some quite strong words in that interview as well, which is quite, uh, as I say, interesting for someone who wasn't on the pitch. Um, so hopefully. Newcastle um, can get the result no matter who they pick but that midfield area again it's one that team sheet is going to be intriguing uh, to read at uh, about 11.30 tomorrow Certainly
0: interesting the comments I mean we, we saw Cher after the game as well didn't hold back so hopefully there's a reaction to come against Chelsea but a difficult game you know Frank Lampard doing really well there um, you know they're vying towards the top of the league how would you see you're playing out?
1: Oh, I think you know. You look at it for Steve Bruce. He needs a result in this one. There's no doubt about it. Because if they if they lose, then the uh, the situation for him is you know two two consecutive defeats. They're going to be in in the wrong half of the table again. It's going to be a miserable weekend. Um, you know we've all been waiting for Premier League football to come back, and then we'll probably be you know if we lose, we're probably thinking what 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 were we waiting for? So. He needs a result. Every manager always needs a result. But, uh you know, I think he's got a chance of getting one because Chelsea seem to be complaining a lot about the lack of preparation time. So we'll we'll wait and see with that one.
0: And we'll finish then, Lee, just very quickly on Rafa Benitez. We managed to get through a whole podcast without mentioning his name, but he was on BBC Five Live last night and he was asked about the Newcastle United job and whether... He would return, and this is what he said, when I left Newcastle, I was waiting until the last minute for a takeover, but obviously it didn't happen. I have A very clear idea. In that situation, it was impossible to stay, even if I was really pleased and really happy there. When I decided to stay, if you remember, I went to Newcastle. We were fighting till the end and we were relegated. Uh, you know, the fans to this day were amazing. Um, I decided to stay because of them. And then the comment which I think really got people a little bit excited was... Um, was about the one about managing the potential of if the takeover was, did go through. What did you make of it? Because he's, a, he's a, essentially refused to uh, rule out returning. I know it's all pie in the sky at the moment, but what did you make of Benitez's comments on, on Newcastle?
1: Well, it was probably the polite thing to say. Is he, Let's be honest, is he going to return under the current regime? No, it's not going to happen. Uh, it would take new owners to come in and give him that that opportunity, um, but then let's be told. I think Rafa done a brilliant job. Don't get me wrong, and you know I'm very fond of him. Uh, but the reality is, is if the mega bucks do eventually filter their way into Newcastle's bank account, then they might want an even bigger name than Rafa. That's all I'm saying. You know, I I, I wouldn't. If, if it come down to it and Rafa returned, I don't think I would have a problem with it. But I just think that the big spenders, um, they will go for the very best of the best. Is Rafa Benitez in the top six managers at the moment? I, that's hot, hard. That's hot. I'll let other people have a debate about that. I, I personally think that definitely in the top ten, but if he's in, he's not in the top six. So he'd probably be a good choice because he knows the club. But I just think other other potential new owners might have a different idea. Now the Amanda Stavely side of it, of course, they were always gonna have Rafa Benitez as part of the part of the deal. So, you know, it might already be verbally agreed. But at the end of the day, if it's somebody else, you know, calling the shots, then you know they might they might go for um, someone bigger. Pochettino's name was mentioned last time if you remember. Um I think the the PR company that were, were pushing. There seemed to be a bit of a, a difference in opinion because Rafa had his contract in China, um, and I think they got a little bit carried away with themselves. If you remember, it was on Sky Sports breaking news at one point that Pochettino was poised to take the job as soon as the takeover goes through. So there's always a bigger name, but we'll have to wait and see. At the minute, Steve Bruce is there, and he's got to motivate the team. And I mean, he was actually asked the Benitez question today, and, and you know, he said that he wasn't bothered about it because. You know for him, he's been here before. Um, but then the day he's going to move it that team tomorrow and get a win, that's all he will be focused about.
0: He will be, and of course, a win would take them right back up the table. And you know, they've the started the season points wise, you know, relatively well. You know, win would put them on uh 14 points and take them comfortably into the, the top 10. But of course. They've got this weird record, haven't they, just finally of winning one, losing one, drawing one, winning one, losing one. So that's run throughout the season. So we're basing it on that. Newcastle win tomorrow, if I'm not mistaken. It's on. Yeah.
1: Well, <laughs> that happens, great. But at the end of the day, you know, Chelsea—they've got they've got some class players. You you know you can't base it on what what's gone before. The, what, one little thing that I always seem to to feel with Steve Bruce's teams is that. He's, he's very much a sort of match day motivator and yes, they got beat at Southampton, but he always seems to dig a result out of the bag, um, on the back of a bad result. So whether he drums that into them before the game, we'll have to wait and see. But uh certainly it would be great if they can get it. We all prefer talking about winning football games, you know, rather than talking about what agents are saying or, or you know build takeovers we'd all prefer to talk about a victory um, because it just puts a smile on the face of everyone in the city so fingers crossed we're we'll talking about a victory tomorrow
0: fingers crossed and we'll bring you all the build up and live coverage of Newcastle versus Chelsea over on chronicalize.co.uk and there's still plenty to come as well from Steve Bruce's press conference which if you head over to our website you can follow that um, at half past one or on our Twitter account I'll be joined by one of our Football London colleagues and we'll be previewing the Chelsea game in a bit more depth. In the meantime, Lee, thanks for joining us. To you guys watching and listening later on the podcast, thanks for tuning in. Uh, Stay safe and hopefully we enjoy our Saturday afternoon with a Newcastle United victory.